Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. People, So David says to Solomon, be strong, be courageous, and do the work that God has given you. Continuing in verse 20, David says to Solomon, do not be afraid or discouraged. Now, if you were here last week, you should remember this. Uh, we talked about this spirit of discouragement that is literally a tactic of Satan, that he puts this spirit of discouragement on you and he links it with fear. Uh, we become afraid to believe. When we are discouraged, I mean constantly just discouraged, we are afraid to believe in God's promises for us and his calling on our life. Uh, uh, the Bible over and over, as we mentioned last week, it, it links fear and discouragement. But David says to Solomon, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. And then he says, why? At the end of verse 20, he says, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Now, Hebrews chapter 13, it assures us of one thing. It says that Jesus Christ, our God, is the same yesterday and today and forever. And there's something you need to know. Uh, our God does not author accidents. He is not the creator of accidents or, or throwaways. I like it when Emily bakes and she has those throwaways so I get to eat the ones that don't look good. That's not in my notes. That's free to you this morning. But uh, Jesus does not make throwaways. When God creates, he creates with purpose and with intention. And you need to know this morning, I, I don't know if you've found your purpose, I don't know if you've forgotten your purpose, but when God creates, He creates with purpose and on purpose. You are here this morning on purpose and with a purpose. And what David said actually to Solomon, uh, let me see here, is he says, Solomon, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God has an intention uh, for your life. And he said, in this purpose that God has for you, God will not fail you. He will not forsake you. He says, in fact, God will carry you through. De or, uh, Paul said the same thing to the Philippian church in a different way. He said, he who began a good work in you uh, will be faithful to take it to completion. Who will carry it to completion? He said, God will carry it to completion. Understand something. When God calls you to something, when God gives you a purpose in life, you can be strong and courageous in the knowledge that God doesn't, he doesn't give you a calling and kind of brush you on your way and said, I'll meet you there on the other side after you accomplish it. He says, when I give you a calling, I go with you. I don't fail you in the calling. I don't forsake you in the calling. I am there with you in the calling. Therefore, be strong and courageous. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Now we transition from there into Second Chronicles where Solomon actually takes over as king of Israel. It's in chapter 1 of 2 Chronicles. Uh, most of us are familiar with what happens with Solomon. He kind of cements his legacy status. Uh, in, in chapter 1, God says, Hey, Solomon, you're the king now. Uh, you ask me for one thing, and I'll give it to you. And, and most of us in here know he could have asked for riches. He could have asked for power. He could have asked for influence. And he said, God, just give me wisdom to lead your people. And uh, Solomon became world-renowned and famous. People would travel the earth uh, just to, to uh, glean from his wisdom that God gave him. 
So that's chapter 1. We're leading up to that chapter 7. So in chapter 2, the preparations for the building of the temple begin. In chapter 3, the construction of the temple begins and is completed. In chapter 4, the furnishings of the temple begin, where they bring in the lampstands and the tables. In chapter 5, there's this huge moment where the Ark of the Covenant, which was the, it held the very presence of God, was taken into the temple. And the Bible says in that moment, the glory of the Lord filled the temple of, the, of God. In chapter 6, uh, Solomon prays a prayer of dedication over the temple. I want to pick up uh, at the beginning of chapter 7 now. It says, when Solomon finished praying, I want you to envision this. It says, when he finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple because the glory of the Lord filled it. I want you to imagine showing up for church one Sunday morning and you can't make it in the door because the presence of God, the glory of God is so strong in this place. That's what's going on here in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. The glory of God is so strong in the temple that even the priests cannot make it inside the door. And then it says this in verse 3. It says, when the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord saying what? Saying, he is good. His love endures forever. Now what I love here is their response to the manifest presence of God. Because I've got to tell you, I'm kind of tired of hearing the narrative of a mean God in the Old Testament and a happy God in the New Testament. Because if you look at the people who lived in that day, when they encountered the manifest presence of God, they came away saying, wow, he is good and his love endures forever. These are the same people who would go through seasons of judgment. They didn't come out of it saying, wow, he's mean. No, when they encountered the presence of God, they said, His love endures forever. Church, I don't know what you think about what God feels about you, but when you experience the presence of God, the touch of God, the manifest glory of God, you will come out of it saying, He is good and He loves me because that is the truth of who God is. I want you to see what's happening here, though. So we're in this, this season. Let me see if I finish that passage. Yeah. They're in this season of celebration. Uh, the temple has now been dedicated. It has been filled with the glory of God. The Bible says that uh, they begin uh, making sacrifices to God. In fact, it says over 20,000. I mean, thousands and thousands. They have this festival, this celebration that goes on for seven days. There is this euphoria about the people of Israel. There is this mountaintop time uh, in Israel's history. And it says in verse 10 of Second uh, Chronicles 7, on the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent the people to their homes, Solomon did, joyful and glad in heart. Now that's, uh, that's important here. Uh, the people went home, they were joyful, they were glad in heart, they were in a, a great season. They were joyful and glad in heart for the good things the Lord had done for Solomon and David and for his people Israel. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord in the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer 
and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. That's great, right? And then he says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain. Talk about a wet blanket here. They're in the season of celebration. And then all of a sudden God says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain. Or command locusts to devour the land or send plague among my people. Then he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. When we're looking at this in context, Israel was not in a place of rebellion when God said this. God wasn't looking to the people and say, repent! No, actually, they were in a season of celebration. So why does God kind of come down and, and, and rain on their parade? The key to this whole passage, really, is where God appears to Solomon and he says, I have heard your prayer. Uh, because if we go back to chapter 6, when Solomon is praying uh, to God, when he's dedicating the temple, uh, I'll take it almost verbatim. Solomon says, God, when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because of our sin, will you hear from heaven and forgive us? Then he goes on to say, when famine or plague or locust or disaster comes and we turn to you and pray, will you hear from heaven and forgive us? So what's actually happen, happening when God says, if my people turn from their sins, if they turn back to me, God is actually answering Solomon's question. They're in this time of celebration, but Solomon is kind of looking ahead and saying, God, if the day comes and we rebel against you, if we return to you, will you hear us? If we return to you, will you accept us back? Will you heal us? Will you forgive us? And what God says is yes. When there are days of chaos, when there are days of famine, when there are days when you are in need, if you will turn from your sin, if you will pray to me and seek my face. Now that's key, church, because we have become masters at praying without seeking his face. It is so easy just to pray the words and not seek his face. It takes a little bit of effort to seek his face. But God says, if you will pray, if you will seek my face, what he is saying is, in those times, you can have confidence then because of what I'm saying now. You can trust in my faithfulness then because I'm telling you in this moment, when the day comes, that's the most beautiful little girl, two beautiful girls there, hey. Uh, he's saying that when the day comes, I've got to get back in sermon mode here. Haley's got, well, the, both of them have my heart, but Haley's got my heart. Uh, hope she didn't hear that. <laughs> Church, we have become masters of praying without seeking. When God says this, what he is actually saying is in those moments of chaos, in those moments of chaos, you don't panic. You don't, you don't get there and say, there is chaos around us. What do we do? Because God has actually already told the people, in those moments of chaos, if you will pray and seek my face, you can rest in the knowledge that I will respond. You can rest in the knowledge that I will embrace you, I will forgive you, I will heal your entire land. Have you ever kind of gone into a situation that you weren't prepared for? 
and it's kind of chaotic, and the next time you knew what to do, so it went a whole lot better. What God is kind of preparing the people for is, hey, when you get into that situation, you don't have to panic. You know what to do. Just pray. Just turn to me. Just seek me. I was thinking this week about John chapter 16 because Jesus says uh, something similar to the disciples. He's nearing the cross at this point in his ministry. And he's telling the disciples, hey, I'm going away. Uh, I'm going to the cross. You guys are going to be scattered. Uh, He says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And then he adds this little nugget. He says, but I tell you all this so that you'll have peace. I was thinking when Davy goes outside to play, every single time he sticks his head in the door and he says, is there a bear? And one of these days, I think I'm just going to say, yeah, there are lots of them, but I tell you that so you'll have peace. And just see how it goes for him. Because <laughs> that's, that's kind of what's happening here, is, is God is saying, Jesus is saying, I'm going to the cross, and you guys are going to be scattered. There is going to be trouble, and I'm telling you this so that you will have peace. How does that make sense? Because of what Jesus says next. John 16, 33. He says, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The question is simple here. It's, are you focused on those things? Are you focused on the things that Jesus is talking about, that the chaos the scattering, or are you focused on the overcomer? We face that today, church. Are you focused on the chaos around us? Are you focused on the news? Or are you focused to the overcomer who said that you can have peace in the midst of it? Are you focused on the overcomer, the God who said, if you turn to me, I'm there. If you seek me, I'm there. I am there to heal you. All I'm calling you to do is to seek me. And as we go into the, this, this uh, 24 hours of prayer, I want to encourage you, uh, after it goes through, I think Ron's going to put on the information table in case you want to sign up and you didn't get it just now, but don't take half an hour to just pray words. What, what God said was, seek my face. Seek his face, church. Seek him. Renee, if you would go ahead and come up. When God reassured Solomon, he did so so that Solomon could have confidence in the midst of chaos, resting in the knowledge of God's faithfulness. God said, Solomon, if you'll turn, I'm there. I am faithful every time the Bible says God cannot be unfaithful. That would be a denial of who he is. God is faithful. You turn to him, he's there. That's how it works, church. If you turn to him, he's there. I don't care if you haven't turned in 20 years. This morning, if you turn to him, he's there. That's our God. And then Jesus tells us we can have peace in the midst of chaos by focusing on on the overcomer. He says, I'm telling you this now so that you can have peace then. Would you guys stand this morning?
Um, I, I want to do something a little different. As Renee leads us, I want to have a time of intercession uh, over our nation, uh, over our leaders. Um, I don't know if you realize this, but there are leaders that you did not vote for who need a lot of wisdom just as much as the leaders you did vote for need a lot of wisdom. Can we seek his face as a church? Can we be a house of prayer this morning? Who's getting that paper last? I want to know who's filling out all the blocks there. Making its way down there? All right. Lord, we recognize your presence here. I thank you um, that this morning we don't have to throw prayers up there and hope that they're heard. That we can rest in the knowledge, God. You hear every word that you told us, God, there would be trouble, but we can have peace in you. So this morning, church, as, as Renee leads us, take some time to pray over our nation. Take some time to seek his face. Renee, if you'd lead us. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.